Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, June 7th, and we're going to have a high of 19 degrees here in the Edmonton area today. I wish you guys could see us like right before we go live. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm, you know, like we just, just like you guys, we just woke up, like go look in the mirror, look how you look. That's pretty much how we look this morning um, <laughs> and every morning. And I just look over at Gabby and I'm just about to give her the cue that we're live and, and her mic is, is on and like, she just looks so depressed. Leaning against one hand, just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning on the Podbean app. Uh, download the Podbean app, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, and you can join us at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. Um, there's a chat in here where you can uh, chat with all the other investors who are, you know, up early just like you. And there's also a call-in button. You can click that call-in button, call in and ask any questions you want about real estate investing, especially today. Especially, especially today. Yep, you betcha. So, <laughs> just kind of scrolling through. What are the odds we already got questions? And we don't. But are there questions from yesterday or do we get through them all? Yeah, we got through them all. Gosh darn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> upcoming events? Not many. None. <laughs> oh, we got Friday Love Training this Friday. Yeah. Do we have a topic yet? I normally choose on Wednesdays. Okay. You don't want to get people Tuesdays. pumped up early in the week? Uh, <laughs> God bless Excuse you. Excuse me. Thank you. Came out of nowhere. Uh, it, it Just prioritizing. That's all. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. What, you want me to go through topics? No, okay, I let's don't. go through topics. No, I don't. I don't. Let's go through topics. It's Tuesday topics. What about balancing life and real estate? How's that sound? Put it in the comments. Uh, Jeremy says he asked a question at the end of the day yesterday, although it was for a guest. Mm. I don't recall that. I might have missed it. What about building relationships with your tenants? You never no. know. <laughs> You're next, you could be your next love interest. <laughs> what about, uh, speaking of love interest, what about attractive qualities in a working partner? You never know when, when you're going to find the one. Lots of people looking for JVs. Yeah, but you never know when you're going to find the one. It might be like in how your you working named partner. It. Attractive qualities. It, or it might be your tenant. Your your tenant. tenant. Uh, <clears throat> see what other inappropriate ones I have. <laughs> that's, that's about it. What about choosing a realtor? Hmm. Hmm. Property management tips. Oh, we haven't talked property management in, uh, in, uh, seems like a long time, 12 years. Yeah. Might be a slight exaggeration. Jamie says, yes, <laughs> choosing a realtor, choosing a realtor. <laughs> I don't know if we could fill an hour with choosing a realtor. Is that one of our topics? Yeah. Oh, did you say that? And I was not listening. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could fill, fill an hour for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cody says, I like property management tips. Yeah. Like oh, that. man, you get guys going to put me to work on that one. Yeah, because uh, you want to know why I want it, because I don't have to do anything. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've officially resigned from property management um, over a year ago. Um, from time to time, when I accidentally turn on my my Google uh, my Google email, um, it'll automatically open all of our Google emails. Which, by the way, when when you become a successful real estate investor, it seems like you have uh, eighteen know, email addresses. eighteen email addresses <laughs> to organize your email inboxes. Um, from time to time, I accidentally like I don't know when I reset my phone or whatever, it automatically opens all of them, and I just I freak out. Yeah. Like, well, last night Wayne's like. Oh, Chris wants to re renew his lease. I'm like, Wayne, 
turn the email off. <laughs> and what's going on with that microwave over in Chappelle? Why is that microwave not fixed yet? I've, I swear to God, the last time I had my email on two years ago, we were talking about this microwave. Oh, believe me, it's an ongoing fiasco. I actually didn't say that, but I'm legitimately concerned. Why are we still talking about that microwave? And we don't own a property in Chappelle, by the way. <laughs> we don't? Orchards. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Why are we still dealing oh my God. with a microwave? You know what? This is what we're talking about today. You guys, this property, we've talked about it um, a few times because pretty much every single appliance and furnace and window covering and everything has like died in the last 12 months. Must be on a fault line. I'm not even joking. Like everything has gone. Everything. Except the stove, I think. Yeah, the stove. Don't fucking <laughs> jinx it. Yeah. Knock, knock on wood. On <laughs> this big wood table. Um, And not just once, but multiple times. It was like the fridge was like this reoccurring thing until finally we're like, fuck it, get rid of the fridge. Like, seriously, like I'm not sending another technician out for the fridge. Um, and then, yeah, this microwave, um, I actually replaced it with a used one and the used one died. And the, the person who I bought it off of like repairs them. So mm -hmm. it was under like a little warranty thing, which the warranty had passed and so he went out and he checked it out and two of the fuses had blown. So he replaced the fuses. Everything's all good. It's working. Um, just asked for like a little fee. He's like, I, I won't ask for full like payment on it, but mm -hmm. you know, whatever you think is fair. So I think I sent him like 50% of it or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was like two weeks ago. And then it just blew again yesterday. The fuses. She's like, this time I heard them. Like I heard them blow. Christ. And it's dead again. So, yeah, I'm at the point where, like, I don't know, a brand new one. <laughs> oh, I hate that property. It's like a really cute place and people love it. Like, it what, last time I listed it, property. last time I listed it, like, it was mm. like, I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't fist fights outside of the front door to, like, get mm. the lease. Really? Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be the death of me. So what kind of tips would you have um, to avoid uh, situations like this again? Me avoid avoid appliances dying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what kind of tips? What kind of tips do you have? <laughs> I, I a good reserve fund. Yeah. A good reserve fund. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a fan of buying used appliances. I'll just say it. I I don't like buying them unless they come with a really really good like warranty on them, which basically nobody does. I think the max you can get out of a used appliance is like maybe six months. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't buy them often, but I haven't had the best experiences with used appliances. I think that every used appliance I've, I've purchased has died in a relatively short period of time. Like I haven't gotten the best use out of them. Well, you can't, you can't put all used appliances in the same category. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm just saying that like my, my experience has been that the majority of them have not lasted. Huh. Whereas I'd say the majority of new appliances that I've bought that have died in a short period of time have been like two. I've had a dishwasher go pretty quick. The whole motor in it went yeah. and I've had I think a stove or something went on a new one. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, like I, yeah, I, I guess I don't really have advice except to have a good, a good reserve fund in place because <laughs> it just happens. It's, it just happens is really the, yeah, the moral of the story. Um, no one talks about appliances enough. Yeah. Appliances will kill cash flow yeah well kill reserve, kill reserve which kills fund. cash yeah. flow yeah because the reserve funds need to be replenished because they are not cheap mm -hmm. yeah like if i go and buy a brand new over the range microwave right now because appliances have gone up i'm probably looking at like i might be able to find a deal at like 500 mm -hmm. actually that's a lie i think that i think that ikea still has their their one for like 400 yeah but I'm like, they're expensive now. Like they can be six, 700 for like a standard uh, stainless steel one. Okay. Six, seven, let's say, let's say 500 bucks for microwave. What are we looking at for stoves? 
Brand new? Yeah. They're like a grand now. <clears throat> You're like hard pressed to find a stainless steel under a grand. Thousand bucks for stove, dishwasher. Ballpark me. Seven, eight hundred bucks. Okay. And what's the other one in the fridge? Oh, fridge. fridge. Fridges are like 15 now. 15. 12 if you're lucky. Washers and dryers? Washer? 13 for a pair. 13 for a pair? Yep. <clears throat> Would you say that in, in, in your experience? Yeah. I should have been a lawyer. <laughs> uh, would it be fair to say that uh, most of these items die every five years? No. Every seven years? I don't know, Wayne. Uh, let's 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 take you to. Here's the problem: is that like those good old white ones? <laughs> They've been going for twenty years strong. <laughs> no, I beg to differ. Wayne, we have original appliances in like one of our Millwoods. Places. Okay. 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 <laughs> we have a couple sitting in the fridge from that flip on the West End that we took the blinds or in our in garage. In our garage. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. So are you so are you saying that stainless steel appliances are the worst? I'm saying new appliances are the worst. They're not made. I'm go I don't want to be the one of those old people. Now I feel like an old person. It's not made to last these days. Um but they're not. Well, maybe they really maybe, they, maybe the the parts don't last as long, and that's what keeps the affordability down. But they're not affordable. But maybe if they were using good parts like they used to, yeah, they would be less affordable. So they've reduced the quality <clears throat> of the parts to make them relatively affordable. But then we need to buy them every eight. Well, years. where were they making them twenty to thirty years ago? Probably right here in Canada. Hmm. And where are they making them now for cheap? Overseas. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm just. I'm just um, trying to build a case here. <laughs> Living out my uh, my childhood dream of being a lawyer. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna add these all up. All the appliances in the house. We got thirteen, fifteen, eight, one thousand five hundred. So that's twenty three hundred. Uh. Twenty eight hundred. Thirty eight hundred. $4,800, Would it be fair to say that each of these appliances either have, um, either need to be replaced or have repaired repairs equal to the value of what you paid them for within the first 10 years? Probably. Yeah. Thank you. Where's my case? 10 years. So you should plan for $5,100 with repairs and replacement for appliances every 10 years. Yeah. So let's divide that by 120. But the sad part is that like, I'm halfway there in 12 months. <laughs> well, that means you're probably good for a while. Actually three quarters of the way there probably. Well, if we take that um, $5,100 and divide it by 120 months, which is 10 yeah, years. Yeah, Wilson just, add, just mentioned, add on your delivery free fee and installation costs for the dishwasher. <laughs> Yeah, like every and if you replaced one of those at a time, you're paying like a hundred bucks delivery per appliance that's delivered, and then yeah, those installation fees, the removal of the old appliance, the recycling fee, the environment fee, like my god, okay. it's ridiculous. Okay, 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 okay. Let's just assume and and be nice, and we'll just add all those costs into the cost of replacement and repair for each of the appliances. We, we came to a conclusion that every every 10 years you should <clears throat> you should plan for $5,100 for repairs and replacement of appliances. Yeah. As I was saying, $5,100 divided by 120 months means that you should be setting aside $42.50 every month. Specifically Just for appliances. For appliances. Crazy. Specifically. Yeah. When you're talking about how to build your reserve fund, how to make sure it stays replenished, how to how to know what to set aside for repairs and maintenance. This is what that one, two, 4% is. Yeah. Normally it's 2%. 2% of your rent should be set aside into your reserve of your cash flow. <clears throat> Sorry, of your rent should be taken and put into the reserve fund to, to cover repairs and maintenance. This is, this is that a part of that, mm -hmm. right? Um, you also need in 10 years, you have to assume that your hot water tank is also going to need to be replaced. 
right? And that's about 2,500 bucks. I'm going to say $2,400 for easy math. Okay. Mm -hmm. Divide that by 120 means that $20 a month also goes aside specifically for the replacement of your hot water tank. <clears throat> uh, furnace, you get about a good 20, 25 years out of it. You're good. Those things will last. Um, the old, the old buggers do. Yeah. Um, they'll last. As long as you're changing your filters on a regular basis, right? Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're getting, you know, yearly or yeah, I'd say yearly. Um, Depending on the efficiency of it, and if there's pets in the house, every one to two years service. Furnace cleaning, yeah. yeah. And services. Um, roofs are well, you probably get about twenty years out of a roof. So, if you say um, if you say twenty years for a furnace and twenty years for a roof, and a furnace costs eight grand, so let's say every ten years, um, it would be four grand. You should be setting aside, mm -hmm. right? Meaning uh, $8,000. Oh, sorry, let's go $4,000. Uh, divided by one twenty. That means that $33 a month should be going aside for your furnace. Okay. <clears throat> Following along. I'm making notes. Don't worry. Um, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, roof. No. What did it take? Furnace. Roof and furnace, wasn't it? Yeah, it was furnace. Yes, furnace. $8,000 every 20 years, so another $4,000. And years divided by means another $33 a month for the furnace. So we are at, uh, right now already, we're at 62, 65, 68, 88, uh, 118, 148 dollars a month just in those items that i mentioned mm -hmm. but that doesn't include any plumbing repairs that doesn't include and like you know because uh faucets faucets go every every once in a while you gotta buy a new hundred dollar faucet or two hundred dollar faucet and also probably a hundred dollars in repair um for your handyman to to do that mm -hmm. um let's talk okay so that's um so let's say uh, once every five years you probably got to replace a faucet no. let's say once every 10 years yeah Okay, so let's add another five bucks for that. Five bucks you should be setting aside every month for that. You're going to go through the entire house? Why not? <laughs> this is, if you don't find this valuable, say, I do not find this valuable in the comments and we will stop. But I am literally going through everything that you're going to have to repair and replace that people don't talk about. Sure. Um, if you're trying to wonder what, is, what does that 2% really mean, mm -hmm. what, is, what is 2% of your rent on an $1,800 property? You're setting aside $36 a month for repairs and maintenance. That barely covered the appliances. Cover the appliances, yeah. <laughs> appliances is $42.50. Wait a second. Is he on to something? <clears throat> Just making sure you're prepared. Just make yeah. sure that we're that we're that reserve fund stays replenished. Yeah. Okay. But that's also like when you look at that 2%, that's also <clears throat> assuming that you've already established a healthy reserve fund in place. And then it's you're about replenishing though. I know. But when you already have say like $5,000 sitting in a reserve fund, and then if you, if you took your exact numbers that you're totaling up here for everything you're going to have to do <laughs> in the entire house over the next 10 years or whatever, and start adding that amount into the reserve fund, then all that the reserve fund is really covering is if a tenant screws you over and, you know, you no, just vacancy. I know, but you're, you're setting aside vacancy as well, right? Yes. So then what, so then what is the reserve? Is that just literally like a catastrophe happens? No, 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 no. So, so you have $10,000 Gab, and, um, <clears throat> over the next 10 years, you know, you're going to have, about ten thousand dollars worth of repairs and maintenance. Let's mm -hmm. just say, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're not putting enough money back into that reserve, mm -hmm. then in ten years it'll be empty. If mm -hmm. you're not setting in enough money into back going into back going back into the reserve fund, then it will not be at ten thousand dollars in ten years. And you always want to make sure it stays above ten thousand dollars, because what happens is it's like. On a, on a moment's notice, the furnace goes, 
right? You want to make sure that there's enough to the cover highest, the $8,000, yeah. yeah. right? And that there's not $3,000 in there. The highest price replacement. Exactly. Exactly. So rather than just setting aside 40, starting a reserve fund with zero and putting $42.50 and $33 in every month or whichever else. It would take you 10 years to save up enough. If your furnace goes in three years, you don't have the money in the reserve, which Mm -hmm. means that you have to pull it out of your pocket, which is not good business. Mm -hmm. And then you just start paying yourself back. But that's that's how how losers do it. Sorry, that's how losers do it. That's how amateurs do it. This is a business. You got to treat it like a business, right? Kirsten. Um, I haven't read all of the comments, but I just went to the bottom and Kirsten says, how quick do you go through carpet and other types of flooring and rentals? <laughs> that was my next line. <laughs> yeah. Cause you got to replace flooring every five to seven years as well. Yeah. Which is pretty pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Upstairs flooring and basement flooring. If it's carpet, it's about $3 per square foot. So if you got, um, say, 800 square feet downstairs and 500 upstairs, that's if you're using carpet, you're at um, 1,300 square feet times uh, $3 for a builder grade. You're looking at 3,900 bucks. Plus more for all of those stairs. Stairs and stuff like that. So it's rounded up to four grand. Oh, more than that. I'm just being nice. I know. I'm being realistic. <laughs> 45? Yeah. 4,500 uh, divided by 120 months. Let's say, you know, you have to repair your carpet. <laughs> you replace your carpet every 10 years, which is not realistic. It's about seven years. It would be 3750 a month. You got to set aside for just the upstairs carpet and the downstairs um, carpets. Main floor, if you got about 800 square feet of vinyl, that's about, in, depending on if you're doing it yourself or you're hiring someone, I'd say let's just be very generous and say $4 I per square foot. I was going to say foot. four, yeah. Okay, so four dollars per square foot would be thirty-two hundred. If you again, if you're replacing it every ten years, that's twenty-six dollars a month. Everyone still follow along. <clears throat> um, ignore windows. I mean, ideally, you know, you're you're being smart and you're selling your property at least at least every fifteen years, so you never have to replace windows. So a lot a lot of this stuff. Actually, I'll get into this later. So it's it's a good point for the end. Um, we went through plumbing. There's not much for electrical. You know what I mean? Like it's, you might, you might have a, whatever, a panel repair or something like that. If a fuse goes or something like that, a breaker, sorry. Um, yard maintenance, trees. Oh, gutters. Furnace cleaning. Okay. Furnace cleaning? I am shocked at the amount of people who post in like the landlord communities <clears throat> saying, how many of you uh, pay for furnace cleanings at your property? How often do you do it? Should the tenant pay for them? <laughs> Blows my mind. It's your goddamn furnace. <laughs> Replacing that or repairing mm-hmm. it is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Clean your goddamn furnaces. <clears throat> Pay for it. Give your tenants fern- filters. Don't just give them the filters. Go and replace them yourselves. You cannot rely won't. on them to do it. They won't do it. They won't. Yeah. That is your biggest expenditure. Take care of your furnaces, please. Mm. Even like our, we've talked about Rob a lot uh, recently because he helped us out with Catsburg, but um, Rob with Clean My Air, every time he comes out, he has like some new thing to to tell me or to teach me. And um, like last year, the year before, I guess it was a couple of years ago now, he's like, Gabby, you keep buying these Kirkland um, furnace filters at all your properties. I, I noticed you have them at all your properties whenever you send me in for a cleaning. He's like, you got to stop buying them. I'm like, why? He's like... I'm like, I thought that like, they feel like they're like really good quality and like, you know, they're a good rating for like pets and like all that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, he's like, they're, they're built almost too good. He's like, they're so thick that the, that it actually, your furnace has to work harder to get through the the filters. He's like, so your furnace is working too hard. He's like, you're better off buying the cheaper ones, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, spending less money and, and just replace, you might need to replace them a little more often, but your furnace will be happy. 
was yeah. like, oh, he's like, actually, do you want me to just supply you with them? Like, he's like, you can just buy them bulk from me if you want. Yeah. I was like, sure. So I don't know if you've ever seen my stories of um, furnace filter delivery day, but he delivers like 15 huge boxes of furnace filters that are just now stacked in our garage and we yeah. replenish them every so often. Yeah. Yeah. So like little things like that, that, you know, if you have a good furnace filter, somebody that you use consistently, they'll be able to tell you, you know, what to use for your types of furnaces, how often to clean them. He's honest. He's like the, the, you know, this one, you clean it every couple of years. You're good. These ones, make sure you're doing them yearly. Like they'll get to know your properties. You know, we don't have to become experts on furnace filters and furnace cleaning. We just have people on our team that are. Honestly, this is a great example of like, you know, we could have done Google researching and um, to find out what's the best furnace filters to get the most longevity and how often do we clean them and yada, yada, yada. But to be honest, the, the guy on our on our team, the expert knows how to do that. And he tells us what to do. Um, mm -hmm. You do not need to uh, major in everything. You just need to minor in a few things. Yeah. Um, Wilson asked a question. Would you use your line of credit as a reserve fund? <clears throat> I think that if you're starting out and you're buying your first property, no joint venture partners, yeah, you can get away with it. You know, if you've got a $10,000 line of credit and you got to, you know, you use it for your repairs and then, you know, have your cash flow go back to paying off the line of credit, you are going to pay some interest on it. But if you're short on cash and you're looking to get started, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a solution you could use. Right. If you if you only have enough for the down payment, but you really want to get started and buy your first property, then, yeah, I mean, use a line of credit and then just make sure you're replenishing it with your cash flow uh, from your repairs and maintenance um, portion. However, you know, <clears throat> uh, that is a short term solution when you're getting started. Yeah. Don't Long term, as you scale, yeah. as you scale, you need to make sure that you have enough money set aside, enough reserve funds for each individual property. Look at all this stuff I just went through. And I'm saying $42 a month and $33 a month. That's allocation towards the large cost. Did you talk about is, repainting? Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Those are allocations towards the large costs that are going to be coming that you do not know when they are going to come. You do mm -hmm. not know when the washer is going to go and it's going to be 1300 bucks. Bam. You do not know when the furnace is going to die, which winter you know, which December you turn on the furnace and start, or November, it's turn on the furnace and suddenly, bam, furnace is done. It's, it's 7,200 bucks. If you didn't, if you have a one ten, if you have one $10,000 line of credit set aside for five properties, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to that risk. So it's important to make sure that you have reserve funds on each of your properties. It's just a safety net. It's just good business. Okay. Now, also, once you start scaling up, you're going to start partnering with people, okay? And when you start joint venturing with other, partnering with other people, um, you cannot let them just use their line of credit because every time there's this tiny little repair or, you know, a toilet flap that needs to be, flange needs, flap needs to be replaced or handle or a new faucet, you do not want to be calling them for money, mm -hmm. okay? They're supposed to give you a reserve so that you can take care of those small repairs so that you're not bothering them every time you have these normal wear and tear stuff come up mm -hmm. okay or when the hot water tank goes and it's 2300 bucks you do not want to be calling them and having them freaking out mm -hmm. it's much easier just to take care of it and then to send them an email and say hey hot water tank burst in the bottom we had to replace it don't worry about it we got it though yeah and they're just like oh thank god it's all good yeah but you open like it's it's you need to be able to create that separation so anyways um as well you know that's that's the joint venture partner's responsibility is to put that is to bring the down payment money and the reserve fund money. Okay, so again, um, line of credit can work in the beginning as a reserve fund, but I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think if you bought all your properties alone, say you bought five properties alone, I don't think everyone has enough line of credit to cover that. Yeah, I don't think everyone has fifty thousand dollars worth of uh, line of credit available or forty. You know what I mean? If you do, great, Mazel tov. But um, long term, it's just, yeah, hopefully I made my point there. Um, sorry, you were trying to say something earlier. Oh, I was just asking, I can't remember, did you include um, repainting? Mm -mm. Because I find that like, painting? yeah, that's one thing I find that like, even the best tenants, like, 
I mean, we usually have some painting to do after a tenant that's been there at least a couple of years, um, which comes out of their reserve fund. But I just, I just find that painting is something that seems to need to happen more often than we realize. Professional painting on a full single family house, about $7,000. Yeah. Okay. 7,000 divided by 120. I'd say every 10 years I'm being nice. No, I'd say five. Yeah, it's yeah because we life. like yeah. I'm just thinking about the the one house that we just had redone, and that was a tenant had been there for for um, five years, and and left it in great condition. It wasn't like we were fixing her her crap. It was just like time to repaint. One hundred and sixteen dollars every month. Okay, and five oh. might be a little short. I'd say between five to ten. Okay, yeah. seven and a half. Sorry. Seven. <laughs> seven. So uh, seven grand that. divided by 84 months, $83. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm adding all these up so that at the very end, you'll see how much you should be setting aside. Now, um, a question that came in a minute ago or two ago was Cody asked, I'm thinking back to your basic training. So we did uh, the basic training um, week, week-long events back in April. Um, and he said, 8% comes to mind. Isn't that your number you suggest we put aside? Actually, 8% was the, uh, vacancy, um, how much you should set aside for vacancy, which is separate to this. Um, you should be setting aside money for repairs and maintenance and also for vacancy because, um, in Alberta, at least you can assume that at the end of every one year fixed term rental lease, um, on average, most tenants leave at the end of the one-year lease. Um, if you're dealing in houses with secondary suites, if you're dealing in condos, eh, let's just okay. Um, I'd say I'd say tenants stay for if you if you average out all the tenants and how long they stay in Alberta, I'd say two years would be the average. Mm-hmm. But you need to be planning for one every year just to be safe. So if you set aside eight percent of your rent every month. Divide or multiply that by 12 means 96% of your rent has been saved by the end of the year. Yeah. 12 payments, 8% each payment. You should have about 96% of one rent payment. Meaning that if, if your tenant moves out every year, you have accumulated or allocated enough money within your reserve to cover their rent payments. If they move out and the suite is vacant for one month, that was very long winded, but that, did that make sense? Yep. Okay. On average, it's going to be one month of vacancy every after every one-year term. Because they move out, you need to clean it up, do some touch-ups, and then re-rent it. So you want to make sure that you're setting aside money to cover the expenses for that one month that is vacant every 12 months. So that's what the 8% was for. I believe in the, um, in the training, we would have said 4%. Unless it's a brand new property, then you might be able to... Might, I'm quoting myself might be able to get away with 2%. Might. In our experience, brand new properties can have just as many problems as older properties. Appliances. <laughs> ideally, like your it ideally your appliances will 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 go within the first 2 years when they're under warranty. But <laughs> I swear they're on they're on timers. They're on timers for like two and a half, three years. That's when they go. That's when they die. It's, it's some weird game yeah. that they're playing with us. Um, we did have lots of um, random kind of questions throughout all of that. Can we go back to a few of them? Sure. Um, uh, Josh had a, a separate question, so we'll save that for now. Um, um, it's clo- close to the top if you want to snap it in case we don't. Sure. We might get to it, though. Sure. I don't think we'll be too much longer. Oh, I've got lots more. <laughs> okay. Josh, um, I have one close to the top. Okay. Yeah, Jeremy said I had a one-year warranty on used appliances. That seems to be a life expectancy, though. One year and one month. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> unused ones, though. Um, Jeremy, I'd like to know where um, who is giving a one-year warranty on used appliances because that seems to be better than anything I found. So I would definitely like to check that out. Um, so Debbie had asked, would you put brand new appliances in a flip? And my general response to that is yes. Um, But my follow-up question to that would be, what kind of flip is it? So are you like 
lipstick flipping it and just, you know, maybe you're keeping the doors and the, you know, repairing the baseboards and um, maybe the kitchen was okay. You're keeping it. You're just, you know, putting in some new backsplash, a new countertop, replacing a couple of the window. You know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. lipstick, like doing what you need to. Then if your appliances are in good, decent condition and they can just be cleaned up, keep them replace whatever ones you have to. But if you're like, if you're replacing everything, um, which is generally the types of um, flips that we're doing besides our, our townhouse there at the end of last year, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, replace the appliances. If you are putting in new floor, new baseboards, new doors, new kitchen, new, everything, new bathroom, new vanities, new toilets, new tubs, new backsplash, new tile, everything, mm-hmm. get new appliances or they're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. Yeah. And and also looking at the, I, I would say the, you know, whether it's a high end or a low end type of property, but at the same time, same thing. If you're just doing a little townhouse and you've replaced everything and then you have older appliances, they're still going to stick out. For the, you know, um, well, in this case, I guess we just said $5,000 extra. <laughs> the one thing I would say is um, washer and dryer, not as important, but I'm talking like kitchen, like bam, you know, you got this brand new kitchen and then older appliances, mm-hmm. not good to leave older appliances, washer and dryer tucked away in the furnace room or whatever. Not that big of a deal. As long as they're clean and functioning, you can leave those. I agree. Is that fair? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, Amy said, I'm not quite sure what she meant by this. She said, speaking of appliances, do you guys have a rule of thumb for appliances for your flips? I don't know what you mean in regards to. Cheapest possible. Yeah. um, uh, As like, we go for the low end stainless steel, like as cheap as I can get stainless steel, except you'll notice that like, um, I know Jamie, you were on the fix and flip bus tour in Loyola where that's like, we're in a, a different level of house now, right? We're not talking your 1100 square foot bungalow. We're talking 3000 square feet of finished space. I know it's 2000 above grade. Wayne just put up his two fingers saying 3000 square feet of finished space, attached garage, big backyard. You know, you're in a different price range on a quiet mm-hmm. cul-de-sac in a nice city. Higher expectations. Higher expectations. We spent more money on, on appliances. We got a nice um, gas range. We got the... Um, the bottom freezer stainless steel i can't remember was there french doors on that fridge i don't think so but that's when you start looking at like french french doors and you know try to get like the stainless steel inside of dishwasher like those types of things at that level of a flip otherwise your standard bungalows as cheap as you can get stainless steel it's 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 funny because derek also said i've got i've gone with lots of clients derek's a realtor realtor, yeah uh to choose appliances at like trail or coast appliances and for stainless steel you're looking at at least seven thousand dollars for the kitchen yeah and that's yeah and 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 that's very true very normal and that's what i found when getting quoted um through those companies as well um is that that's usually the base of, you know, what they, the suite of what they can put together for you. Um, so I've always sourced out the appliances myself and I go, I look at like Rona, Home Depot, Lowe's, Best Buy. Um, what's the other one, Wayne? Um, Canadian Appliance Service and... Home Depot? I already said that one. There's there's Lowe's. one more. No. Um, but I look at all of them and usually one or two of them are having Future some shop. sort of, is, is that he... still a thing? <laughs> I don't think so. Anyways, um, usually one or two of them are having a sale and I, I go with them. I always get awesome. all, I always get all of my appliances in the same, um, brand. So like I'll get all GE or all, um, you know, whatever brand that has the best, the best deal on. So yeah. Uh, going back to like the, the filters, which I don't remember exactly what we were talking about that time, but Cody was saying uh, when you've got like a new house with dirt fields behind it, like a new development areas, um, definitely need to be replacing your furnace filters more often. Yes. I. We e. know that for sure. Are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there's a, there's a nice little um, half inch layer of dust on my bedside table from when I leave the window open. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it, 
those new development areas, you got to be changing those filters much faster mm-hmm. or much more often. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> and just people with pets, like, holy moly. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, Derek followed up by saying, general rule is if you are surrounded by new construction or live in a dusty location, quarterly. Change yeah. your change your um, furnace filters quarterly. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, I've, because we do uh, quarterly inspections on yeah. our rental properties, and it's rare to find a furnace filter that doesn't need to be changed. Furnace so, filters. And that is something that... Um, you know, like I, I did read some comments here saying, you know, twice a year or whatever, and that it depends on, you know, where the property is, if it's in a new new area or whatever. But all of our rental properties, uh, like very rare that a furnace filter doesn't need to be changed every three months. Okay. How much are furnace filters on average? Okay. Give me the new property and the old property. <laughs> The new the new furnaces with the big four inch to yeah, four to five inch those are like at least fifty bucks each. Fifty. I bucks mean, like each. forty to sixty. What? Forty to sixty. What do you mean? Depending on if they're like um, sixteen inch or twenty inch, or they're up to sixty bucks per filter. Yeah. And we're replacing them every four four times a year. <laughs> Holy shit, snacks. That's 200 bucks a year. Well, we get them bulk. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, okay. So, it, um, wow. Okay. So 50 divided by four is another 1250 a month for furnace filters. Wow. Okay. Um, cleaning uh, furnaces. Uh, I, I'm still working on this list, by the way. It's going to, this is going to blow. It's going to, blow your butts um (laughs) i I said this could blow your minds um it sounded funnier in my head (laughs) after i said it i'm like no that just you're just really trying to force a joke there (laughs) everybody's just picturing like just diarrhea everywhere uh just just blowing buttholes yeah um Okay, so I'm gonna I'm finishing this list and it's gonna it's gonna blow your minds. Um, uh, furnace cleaning once a year, <clears throat> how much? Two hundred bucks for a proper furnace cleaning, not a not a Groupon or a call. Yeah, yeah the one where they're dressed in a suit with a really nice mustache. Call um, a proper one. <laughs> John's cheapest furnace cleaning. <laughs> um, a, a real reputable company who's going to do a good job. Just give me a number. Yeah. Is at least coming up on 300 if not what more. yeah is our business even profitable yes very <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm seriously using 300 bucks a year you could use 250 okay how about i use 240 for easy math sure 20 bucks a month yeah yeah we have some that are 240 okay it also highly depends on the size of your house and how many uh, vents you have interesting yeah because those add up fast okay wow they um, include i think that most companies include like 12 events or something like that and like count your main floor right now that's pretty much like 12. okay okay, okay. <laughs> remind your basement in your upper okay um and then it's like 15 bucks per extra vent or something like that okay um I'm going to do a question here in a second, but I, I want to get back to um, uh, gutters. We do our gutters at least once a year, right? Gutter cleaning? Yeah, 150 150 On some properties. Some properties don't need it. Depends on the no trees. No trees, no mature trees, super yeah. high houses. New, usually, yeah. uh, new development areas probably. You yeah. don't have to worry about that. But I'm going to add it in there. I'm going to add 10 bucks a month. Would that be fair to say? 12 yeah. 150 divided by 12 is 1250. Got it, got it, got it. Wilson says, and this is why cash flow is king. Imagine doing this in a negative cash flow property. Yeah, yeah. Wilson. <laughs> it's break even cash flow. It covers my, my mortgage and my, my property taxes. I'm good. I'm laughing. They're, the tenants are paying down my mortgage. <laughs> well, uh, Jeremy says, Wilson, I'm imagining it and starting to cry a little. <laughs> Um, so Gaia had an unrelated question. Um, hey guys, if you're doing new suites builds, 
So you, oh, you're going to dive into a different topic all of a sudden. I wasn't sure if it okay. related. Okay, no, we will we will hold it off to the end. Um, <clears throat> I got it saved. Um, also, when doing TV games, do you have those signs with layers? Okay, uh, that is a great question, which I will bring up joint venture agreements uh, here tomorrow. Talk. Um, and Tammy says, this is making me wonder if I should increase my reserve fund to keep up with the cost of inflation. Mm -hmm. Not a bad idea. Well, the money that we've been setting aside for appliances over the last, say, five years changed. are changed. Yeah, yeah appliances level. have gone up like at least a few hundred dollars per appliance. Like I used to easily be able to get a fridge and a stove both like around... Nine hundred dollars, nine hundred to a thousand. Now, now it's, it's like at least thirteen. So we didn't allocate enough funds for that. So you just gotta consider that you might need to do some adjustments. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Uh. Coast appliance clearance aisle is in the back. Is where mostly you'll. It's most likely where you'll find Wilson. <laughs> and apparently Leon's has saved three times the GST when you buy all the appliances at once and you can easily negotiate down. That's every October. Very cool. Tammy says, yeah. Um, okay, so um, Jamie had also asked um, appliances and rental versus appliances and flips. Any difference? Mm, sorry, one more time. Appliances and rentals versus appliances and flips. Any difference? Mm, question mark. Great question. Yeah. I mean. In in rentals, I'm not as strict on like trying to find the same brand. Like I just shop for the cheapest ones that I can find. Um, and again, like if it's a if it's a renovated property and, you know, like it's got new everything, I try to go stainless steel. Basement suites, not so much. Even if it's brand new, I'm okay with white appliances. Um White, like brand new white appliances in a in a nicely renovated basement suite actually look really nice. Mm -hmm. People have got their hate on for white appliances, but they're not bad. Um, yeah, that's really all though. The only time I fork out extra money for more expensive appliances is for a high end flip. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, keep it simple, and don't buy Samsung. Oh, don't, don't. <laughs> I'm literally in negotiation with Samsung right now. I'm going to get some of that Samsung money <laughs> on the podcast. They're going to sponsor this, this little shit show. <laughs> this little shit show. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? You're going to blow it. <laughs> My God. I love that you just called this podcast this little shit show. That's going to be like our new tagline. <laughs> The Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Come join this little shit show. Every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. on the Podbean app. It is a, it is a goddamn it is a little shit, shit show. show. <laughs> yeah, but let's rewind to about 49 minutes ago. Okay? We're sitting there. When I was like hand on face. I'm yeah. blowing my nose. Just trying to like clear my sinuses before we get on the show. I don't know if you know. If you listen closely at the beginning of the show, the first 10 minutes compared to me now. Um, I'm very nasal in the beginning because <laughs> like my, my face just clogged, you know, when you wake up, the window open, sinuses, right? And um, so I'm sitting there with like trying to clear my sinuses. Gabby's just like, you know, just like rubbing her eyes with her one hand on her, on her forehead, just leaned over the table. And then I just kind of point to her live. So what it, I'm just painting a picture for you because like we basically walked into this episode as we do every morning. No idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> If you recall the first 30 seconds and I said, if you got any questions, call in. I'm like, especially yeah. today. Yeah. And then bam, we open up this huge can of worms on repairs and maintenance, right? Yeah. On on the cost of replacing everything that you'll need to replace in the next 10 years on a, on a, in your rental property. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. You know, this, Because this, you opened your rental email and saw a microwave repair. <laughs> it isn't. So I'm just saying this. The show is a shit show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, it, this, this show could have gone completely differently. I could have like... I could have been talking about anything. Okay, so this is um, Tammy's suggestion. Hmm. Get the fuck out of bed and listen to the shit show. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> it, but it 
you know, I, I do get the question a lot. Like, how do you guys just wake up every morning and just like talk about it? it it's our life. Yeah. It's very easy. There's so many things to talk about. Um, we just need a little something to get us on a topic. <laughs> just, just, just give us a little, yeah, a little, give, give us a few words and we'll find something to talk about for an hour. It's, um, <laughs> I don't think that, that we have a work-life balance. I think we just have, it's just integrated into our lives now. This is our life. And, and um, as I'm sure you guys uh, can relate, it's very, it's very relatable uh, for the life of, you know, real estate investors, whether you're full-time or not full-time or part-time. It's, um, it's just what we deal with on a regular basis. And it's, it's good conversation. Um, it's very easy to talk about. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Looking at um, Josh's question, very curious for the answer. Is that the one that was earlier this morning? Yeah, yeah. It was the first question that came in today, I think. Um, gotcha. Tomorrow? De uh, Debbie asked a, a question about all of this. Mm -hmm. um, and Wayne, I'm going to let you answer this. So with all of the replacement costs and repairs... How much do you need to cash flow every month? Great question. I'm not on the math yet. <laughs> Can you hear me clicking the keyboard? Yeah. So Wayne's um, tallying up, you know, like you're, what you're going to need to put aside out of the cash flow for repairs and maintenance. We talked about, you know, also needing to set aside vacancy. Um, let's keep that separate. Yeah. For today's topic, we can talk about that tomorrow. And then basically once you, you know, once you take away your 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 monthly expenses, you know, your mortgage, your property taxes, insurance, um, et cetera, whatever you have to, you know, maintain monthly, whatever you're left with is considered your cash flow. And out of that cash flow, you also want to be setting aside this money that we're talking about for repairs and maintenance. And well, Wayne has said for now, let's just leave vacancy out of it because it's not our topic for today. So <clears throat> you need enough cash flow to make sure you're putting enough aside for your prison maintenance. Yep. And then ideally you also want cash flow to either put in your pocket or, or to keep in there or whatever. Right. Yeah. So what are we at? Well, all the things that, that we listed this morning, would you say that they are all realistic and that I was, do you, do you recall me saying a few times I'm being nice? I'm being nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you corrected me a few times, like on the paint. I said paint every 10 years. You said, well, I put it every seven years. Yeah. Okay. Um, appliances, you know, either being repaired or replaced once every 10 years. So yeah. if you assume that you have a fridge, uh, no, let's say you assume you have a stove, you bought it for 800 bucks, that you're probably going to have about 800. If you don't replace it, you'll have about $800 worth of repairs over the next 10 years mm -hmm. on average. Okay. We went through flooring, replacing flooring every five years. We went uh, seven years, I think. Sure, um, furnace replacements every twenty years, hot water tank replacement every ten years, roof replacement every twenty years, all those types of things. They were all quite reasonable, right? You guys can follow along. I know Mitchell just came in. He's like, "What the hell is everyone talking about?" <laughs> um, we've we've now listed for Mitchell. We've now listed everything that you could possibly have to repair or replace on a rental property over the next. 10 to 20 years and we've broken it down into how much should you allocate every month towards it okay so let's assume <clears throat> let's assume we go with the norm we go with uh you know what every other um performa and calculator you know cash flow calculator tells you to do on average what do they put actually in the let's put it in the comments what do performas typically put when you're looking at a property, how much do they have for repairs and maintenance? Put in the comments there. Yeah. And those realtors send you performance. What does it say? When and those prospective people looking for joint ventures, what do they put in their performance when they send them to you? Yes. And, 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 and second to that, you can, you can put this as well in the comments. Um, what, uh, what do other educators, uh, educators in in the industry, um, real estate investing educators, what did they put for how much you should set aside for repairs and maintenance? Okay, what what, what gimmick calculators have you received and with you know some free webinar or some in some email newsletter about the cash flow analyzer? How much do they put down for repairs and maintenance? What percent? You're seeing five, five, five new builds two. 
I mm. even say two, two for new builds. That's, that's, that's very common as to what I say. Yeah. Uh, many multifamily realtors say 50 to 75 per month uh, per unit. I've seen some use eight to 10% rarely. You know what? They probably laughed out of the room too. Yeah. Right. I oh, like, that's way too much. Way too much. Way too much. Now I will say that, um, I have a theory on how to avoid this, but we'll get into it after. Um, okay. So on a, I, I think I used the example of an, uh, a, a rental house, single family home, $1,800 a month in rent. Mm-hmm. 2% is $36 a month. Mm-hmm. $36 a month. Um, now we've already established that will cover the cost of replacing your furnace over the next 20 years. doesn't cover the cost of replacing appliances that's for sure in 20 years <laughs> replacing your furnace in, in. With, within the next 20 years yeah because on average every 20 years you should be replacing it yeah so you need to be setting aside 36 uh, uh sorry it was 33 dollars a month times um 240 equates to i think it was eight thousand dollars right um okay so the number that I came up with when I accumulated everything for the allocation, uh, allocating costs to cover all of those items is $473.60 a month, which is 26% of your rent should be set aside. Jesus. <laughs> Oof. Tammy says. <laughs> 26% of your rent. let that marinate time for a rent increase francis says (laughs) debbie holy shit (laughs) yeah on on uh, what do you think the what do you think sorry let me rewind and and, um give my words a little yeah sort myself out um How many people do you think we scare away from the show? (laughs) Scare away from real estate investing. And how many people do you think we inspire? I'd love to see the numbers. The difference? I'd love to see the the comparison between how many we inspire and how many we discourage. We could put a poll out. (laughs) True. 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 It's, um, (laughs) this isn't anything new. Guys, I say it all the time. It's just math. Yeah. It's just math. I did all this math early on, years ago, years ago. Um, Wayne, do we put aside 26% of our rents for repairs and maintenance? We do not. No, we don't. We do not. Well, there's... I'm going to read uh, Jeremy's question uh, comment here. I forget which textbook it was in, uh, but I have read 50% of revenue should be allocated for operating expenses in a competitive market. Right. Uh, we didn't cover exterior. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so here's my theory on this. Yes, that's that's extremely scary, and a lot of people they um, they don't talk about all these items, and this is why reserve funds tend to deplete uh, much faster than people anticipate. And they got what happens is you end up having to do cash calls to your joint venture partners, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, "You told me we had to put ten thousand dollars in this reserve, and and I said it was too high, and I said we should have done three thousand or thirty six hundred." Um, New assured me that we had to do ten thousand because that way you would never call me for a cash call. And here you are doing a cash call. Um. The the way to avoid this is to sell properties strategically. This is this is my thoughts on this, because yes, if you're planning on for the people that are planning on keeping a property, um, uh, I'm going to buy this property. I'm never going to sell it. I'm just going to keep it and pay off the mortgage, and then I'm going to live off of the cash flow. Right? How many times have you heard that? 
That's a lot of people. That's I love this property. I love the tenants. I love the area. I'll never sell this property. If that's the case, you need to make sure that you are allocating enough for all of these repairs, plus kitchens, plus tubs, plus toilets, plus vanities, plus windows, plus gutters, plus fascia, mm-hmm. plus maintenance, exterior maintenance, plus baseboards, plus, plus, plus. The 473 is actually a little bit higher if that's, if that's your plan, okay? Now, if you strategically plan to sell your properties every 10 to 15 years, though, let's say, let's use 10 years as an example. If you're buying newer properties, okay, maybe new builds, and you sell them every 10 years, you're selling them right at the peak of, how do I word it? Before everything needs to be replaced. Everything's still relevant. Everything's still relevant. Those kitchen cabinets from 2012, they're looking a little dated now because everything's white and black handles, but they're still okay. Yeah. Right? We're talking about like the, the dark browns, mm-hmm. the dark browns with the chrome handles. Okay. They're a little dated now. It's not what everybody wants, but it's not like it's, um, it's early 2000s oak cabinets. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Those are from 20 years ago. They don't have the relevance anymore. And when you go and try and sell that property, that 2002 property, that's all original, it looks dated. It looks old, right? Mm -hmm. The colors are faded, right? They're scuffs. You're not going to get the best. You're not going to get the best value. You're not going to get the best return because they're going to pay you less than what they would pay for say a 2012 property, right? So if you strategically sell everything every, say every 10 years, for example, you're not going to have to worry about the hot water tank. You're not going to have to worry about the furnace. You're not going to have to worry about the roof. You're not going to have to worry about maybe washer dryer. They might still yeah, be good. I was going to say appliances might be okay. The, the, the appliances yeah. we used as an average, but if they're yeah. still good and they're still working yeah. and it hasn't crapped, the element hasn't crapped out yet. Cool. Yeah. You know, you saved okay. all that cash flow, but it's, you know what I mean? You never had to spend it. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to replace the, you know, there's, there's not going to be a whole heck of a lot of exterior stuff needs to be replaced. The kitchen cabinets don't need to be replaced. The vanities don't need to be replaced and all that other stuff, right? If you replace the flooring at seven years and the flooring's still decent enough, well, you just all that money that you allocated and saved, it's good. It stayed in the reserve funds. Your reserve funds probably sitting there at like 18 grand, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to spend that money because if you kept that property just a little bit longer, most of that 18 grand is going to get chewed up by all these replacements that are coming around the corner. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So if you strategically sell your properties every 10 to 15 years while they're still relevant and that these things haven't crapped out yet, you won't have to necessarily set aside all this, this R&M, all this cash flow for repairs and maintenance. Mm-hmm. But if you are planning to keep it for the full 30 years and pay it off in full, because you love the little neighborhood. Then you might want to increase. <laughs> then you might want to increase it. Okay. So what I would recommend is, is go through the exercise that we did today and just ass- now do it as if you're selling it in 10 years or 12 years and see what your percentage would be, mm-hmm. what percentage your R&M would be if that were the case. And it's probably going to land somewhere around 5%. Now you, you might go over, you might have a random nine years, your furnace might crap out. It happens, right? Yep. Maybe, you know, you've been setting aside those furnace filters for your tenants and dropping them off on the doorstep and they haven't been putting them in, right? That stuff happens. Okay. We had a, we had a, we had a hot water tank in one of our properties die after four years, four years, the whole bottom rusted out, <laughs> which I don't know how the hell happens, which we can talk about other, you know, maintenance tips and stuff on another day. Properly draining your hot water tank so there's no calcium buildup down there, it's, which creates cor- uh, corrosion. But things happen, right? Appliances die in two to three years, just right past the warranty, and and sometimes they last for twelve years. So you don't really know. But I'd say on average, you know, four to five percent is probably a good number on newer properties and older properties. If you got a house that's you know built in two thousand two and you just bought it, well, just just 
expect that you're going to have those big expenses like roof, furnace, right? Um, and other things all just right around the corner. But hopefully that gave you guys some perspective for today. Um, that, that is, that, that's our, that's always been our plan is to strategically sell properties right at the peak of their value, right? We got the best bang, like we got the best value out of it. Once I start noticing that things are losing relevance, light fixtures, kitchens, that kind of stuff, that's when you sell. We do the exact same, or we did before the pandemic, we did the exact same thing with vehicles. Exact same thing. I bought Tacomas. Tacomas are great trucks and they held their value. Like, like really well. Crazy. And I would always sell right when the warranty was up because right at that 45,000 or 42,000 kilometers, that's when the warranty was up. That's when the brake pads started to go. That's when the tires were getting a little bit lower. That's when all of the sensors started like acting up and everything else because they have it right. It's kind of like appliances, right? They give you a two year warranty. Same thing. Vehicles, they, you know, they give you like a, a 45,000 kilometer warranty yeah. or a two year warranty, whatever. We'd sell it every two years, right around 42,000 kilometers. And it, it, we would always get, we'd buy it for 40 and we'd sell it for like 33, 34. It was perfect. Exact same logic, exact same plan. Just try and get the most value out of it and then s- sell it and then buy a new one. Do the exact same process all over again. You, you buy your rental property, newer, right? You sell it every 10 years and buy a new one. Right? Make sense? Yeah. Definitely. I think that's a wrap. We're over, Lane. Are we? Oh, six minutes over. Yeah. Jeez. All right. <laughs> well, go brush your teeth and get the kids to school. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you guys in the morning. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 